how do i start like hi everyone hi everyone hi everyone welcome back to the minute women podcast my name is grace and i say i'm linnea and i'm linnea and i'm linnea i literally was every like, time what do i say i dragged my ass out of bed for this picture on mondays it's gonna be margarita mondays <laughs> nationwide <laughs> and feel that reciprocated enjoyment, enjoyment. Oh, oh my god it's like we're friends or something. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Minute Women podcast. My name is Grace. And I'm Linnea. And we have a live show. By the time this episode is released, our live show will be tomorrow. Yesterday. Yesterday. Our live show will have been yesterday. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Don't you remember? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I love the idea that you missed it and you're like, oh shit, oh, I thought shit. it was tomorrow. I'm and so- I was like, it's okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. How did it go? How did it go? Um, uh, I hope it went well. I hope it was a good show. Hope, we hope everyone who went enjoyed it. Yeah. And ate tacos and had beer. Yeah. And is so excited to go to our next live show, which I, is on May 12th. I Good Robot. I Good Robot. Yeah. Yeah. For more beer and food and minimum podcasts. And fun times. Yay! All around. Yeah, in the north end of Halifax. And today we have a high gam. A high gam. High gam. Have you got a minute to listen to us? We need to figure out who gam is. Yes. I would like to meet gam. Do you want to be our gam? <laughs> Come along and be our gam. <laughs> now all I can think of is like a sweet potato. Um, with a eyes because like a yam. Googly eyes. A little googly eye. It's gam. <laughs> It's great because now we also do quick bits, which yeah. I hope people have been enjoying. My mom loves them. She's oh, listened to all like she's listened to all the quick bits that have come out. She's good. like, this is so great. She's like, this is all I want. I bar- don't have to listen to your show yeah. anymore. <laughs> you just get the funniest part. Yeah. Um, but we have gam and we have bits. We have gambit. Oh, we're the queen's gambit. The queen's gambit. Mm-hmm. The show I still haven't watched. It's so good. I know people have told me to watch it. Yeah, you guys are have like you have a very similar hair moment yeah like she, she goes full bob she does in the early it episodes. like yeah it grows and then okay. it's like it's very much like there's a couple times where i'm like oh that's like grace's hair <laughs> like when she gets rid of the like short bangs and like has it i'm like oh i wanted red hair so badly as a child really? too i wanted freckles i didn't want the whole like i would have taken the red hair for the freckles it, <laughs> it would have been a trade-off though <laughs> yeah and now people get freckles tattooed i know what? i just like people I would... also get fake dimples people who what get their that? Oh, yeah, they get them yeah. surgically, like, yeah. laced, the, I guess. I don't what know. What the hell? <laughs> I'm, like, always worried when people get, like, their eyebrows, eyebrows, eyebrows tattooed yeah. with the microblading because <gasps> I'm like, it, what if it doesn't age well? Yeah. We don't know. You don't want to be on the front lines of that. No. We could be 10 years out from yeah. just hordes of women with tattooed eyebrows again because you, you lose hair as you get older yeah. and then you would just have like tattoos left behind it's i know that they say because i have a friend who's done it and i know that they say it's like you have to go back like every three months but i'm like i don't want to get my face tattooed every three months at that point it's not worth it to no. me no no like someone literally making little cuts into my forehead like no thank you yeah because it's like yeah it's not even is it a needle or is it genuinely a blade it's like a little blade Ugh. yeah I'm, I'm okay yeah it's like a little little like 
blade that's kind of like a like it's the mark. I the should blade get, is I the would mark. get the Harry Potter. T- Star. <laughs> oh just like just just add that <laughs> just please the boy who lived <laughs> oh i just saw uh dumbledore the like the oh the movie yes uh the what is it called fantastic beasts and the, the legend of or the journey of dumbledore something the secrets of secrets the chamber no <laughs> secrets of dumbledore maybe maybe who knows um it was good the new grindelwald is dreadful like, he's terrible. Did they have to recast? Yeah, because Johnny Depp's in his, like, court case right now with Amber Heard. Oh. Yeah. So he can't do any movies? Well, I don't know, but it's not... This guy just signed on for this movie, so I don't oh. know if they're going to, like, switch back. But this guy was really bad. But also, <laughs> you learned that Dumbledore is indeed gay. Um, oh. Yeah. Well, Gay for go. Grindelwald. Um, yeah, they had, a, they had a relationship. <gasps> they were together. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> This is that, JK Rowling trying it to just, like wrong her, right her wrongs. Wrong her right. Wrong her right. Which is what she's been doing which for the past the, five years. Yeah, all of the good she did toast <laughs> down the drain. <laughs> I just I think it like weirdly colors everything that's mm-hmm. happened in Harry Potter now where it's like so all of this was like just like a petty like <laughs> bullshit thing. Like I just fucking hate that bitch. Yeah, <laughs> because they're just oh a, not Voldemort, like a breakup. not Voldemort. But I mean, yeah. isn't Grindelwald sort of the like yes the predecessor, the predecessor? Yes, sort of absolutely. Thing? I don't really understand. Me either. Like I read the Harry Potter books. <laughs> and you watched it. Yeah, <laughs> like it's bad. Like I read the Harry Potter books and like loved them. I've read yeah. pretty much all of them twice. I've read the third one a couple more times than that because it's like my go-to like comfort book. But um, which is it weird that I have a comfort book? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, yeah, but these like I did read Harry Potter and the cursed cursed child, child or whatever because they're British, so it's cursed. Like it's, um, it's it is also just sort of rude. <laughs> yeah. It's like that fucking kid. Yeah. Fuck. um so i read that and it's written like a play because it is a play so i mean i felt like i was back in like high school like reading like a play because it's (laughs) a play play. (laughs) um but it was still a good story it was nice it was kind of like it was kind of like a quick bit or like a high gam it was you know it's like a christmas special of a children's movie like you know when they do like beauty and the beast and then they do the half hour beauty and the beast christmas special it was like that (laughs) cinderella too it just like tied up some loose ends and you were just like oh that's nice like they have kids now happy have you seen uh, it like, no okay. no i have not seen it um but yeah this movie was interesting young minerva mcgonagall very good casting though oh okay very cute do you know very, who it is no okay. no but very much looks like dame maggie smith anyway nice. anyway this isn't what we have a minute to talk about. No. We don't have any time to talk about Harry Potter um, and that bullshit. But we do have time to talk about something else. Whatever this is going to yeah, be. Tell me about it. I went on a rabbit hole. I love it. Uh, because I was reading a book called The Importance of Monogamy, which okay. is not actually about monogamous relationships. Don't Nobody get knickers in a knot. But it's about colonization of western canada and how monogamy played a really important part in ensuring monog or ensuring colonization took hold okay basically they build a bunch of policies around the idea of a family unit and so if you don't have a family unit a monogamous marriage and children then you don't fit the norm of society Mm -hmm. and it's trying to explain like 
our current understanding of a monogamous marriage is not innate or natural necessarily yeah. to all societies. Yeah. Welcome to 2022. Now, the main, like, I guess, villains of monogamy <laughs> during this period of time, quote unquote, are indigenous peoples, but also the villains of monogamy. The villains of monogamy, which I think is a pretty cool title. I love that. <laughs> But the other major villains of monogamy and a recurring character in our podcast are the Mormons. Oh, man. And so Those I was guys. like, how did the Mormons get here? Because in the book, they talk about how, like, Mormons immigrated from the United States to Canada yeah. during, like, the 1880s. And so I decided that today we were going to talk about the man who brought Mormonism to Canada. I love it. Um, and his name is Charles Oracard. Of course it is. And I don't think there'll ever be a heritage minute about him. Okay. Nor should there be necessarily. <laughs> okay. But we're going to go into his life and how Mormons got to Canada. One of my mom's like controversial quotes. Lori has these controversial <laughs> like isms. And Paul and isms. I are just like, mom, like you can't say that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, she does these things. And we're just like, oh, like only in your own home. It's like whenever she tries to do an accent, it just automatically turns into like a Chinese accent. Like, a very bad <laughs> one. It's like she'll be like, what oh, and he was one. in France. And he just it's because it's because we had an exchange student from Hong Kong live with us. And it's just a pure imitation of her accent because it's the only accent my mom knows. Just, um, anyway, I thought you were gonna say like no like german or something no no very chinese anyway no r's or l's um or no 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 l's just r's anyway anyway um i'm sorry to the asian population we have that listens to our podcast my mom i'm not my mother um <laughs> also she loves you yeah like. she's a big fan she's a huge fan um, the other thing my mother is a huge fan of and one of her quotes that paul and i are like oh my god paul being my stepdad is that she says like anyone says mormon and my mom goes never met a mormon i didn't like and i'm just like you can't generalize the mormon population by val drennan who is a saint who lives in lunenburg like she was the psa at the school and she was a retired nurse and she like baked the best brownies and just like a good very kind lady yeah um and her husband tom also very sweet but my mom is like because of those two people my mom is like i love every mormon <laughs> and i'm like you can't say that <laughs> i do feel like uh the further you get away from the epicenter of mormonism <laughs> okay. that like nicer they get maybe sure. but like it's still a cult oh for still sure it's great. a religious cult um and polygamy is one of the least of your concerns they when were, it comes to that they were not polygamists <laughs> they had they had multiple children but not polygamists <laughs> which is not the same thing <laughs> <laughs> that's like a that's like a stereotype of yes, Mormons, you yeah. know. Lots of kids, lots, lots of, of wives, babies, you know. Oh yeah. yeah, no. Just one. Just Sister Val. wives. Just Val. Never watched that show. Um I didn't watch that show, but I did watch Big Love, which was the like the like TV show of the reality show. Oh. So yeah, Big like Love. Like they made a show about yeah, the reality. And it starred show. um Chloe Savinji or whatever, very like anyway and then the guy who was in the beginning of titanic who was all like so rose tell us about the titanic leonardo dicaprio not him. the <laughs> other the guy <laughs> the other guy who is now who passed away iceberg. so R.I.P. <laughs> he died very recently um but anyway and so did all those people yeah <laughs> everyone's just dead. so we remember just <laughs> that happened the, the anniversary was recently i think right? the titanic just happened it just happened I'm, again 
April, yeah. Yeah, April 12th, I want to say. Something like that. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about these polygamists. Anyways, okay. So, born in upstate New York, Charles Aura Card. With Aura, that's his middle name. Did we talk about Harry Potter on here or just between us? On here. Okay, just because they go on the Titanic and the new Harry Potter. What? I know. And they didn't save all those people? No. no. They Are actually... they claiming that Grindelwald <laughs> sunk the Titanic? Um, like, I don't really... It was hard to follow. <laughs> Were you high when you watched this movie? No. Out of curiosity. I was okay. with my mother oh, okay. and her friend and then three children. It might have been more enjoyable if I had been under an influence, but... Um, I do love every pop boy. It's like, it's really hard to follow. Oh, God. It was really hard to follow. Also because my mom's friend who was there hadn't like watched the previous movies. So then my oh. mom's trying to be helpful and like because we had just watched them to prep because this is my mother. She finds out we're going to see a movie. She's like, we must watch all information that yep. we can watch beforehand. <laughs> it's like when my stepdad Paul goes to a board game night to play Risk, he spent literally 24 hours researching strategies on Risk because he'd never played before. He went on to win the game. So to be successful, <laughs> you do the work. Prep. Um, but yeah, that <laughs> movie was, work. that's a whole other podcast. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the Mormons. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Charles Orocard, born in upstate New York, and he moved with his parents to Michigan, and then back to New York. Nice. Okay. So we're all over the place. In 1856. Not they, Utah. Interesting. No, but in 1856, they did join the Mormon church. And apparently, like, the Mormon church was, like, ratified in New York, I guess. I guess New York was a big place for it. Okay. I'm not crazy familiar with the Mormons. All I've watched is that documentary on Netflix where the Mormon bomb something and then there's a bunch of forgeries. Oh. Yeah. No, Good I didn't watch that. Murder Among the Mormons. <laughs> a lot of M's. What a name. <laughs> In 1856, they joined the Mormon church and then, like you do, crossed the plains by wagon to get to Salt Lake City in Utah. Of course they did. <laughs> Where they arrived in September. By wagons. <laughs> Card moved to Logan, which I also believe is in Utah, in 1860. And then he and his father, they farmed and ran a, a small sawmill. But he also became skilled in road and canal building as a hobby, I guess. Weird. How do you <laughs> form that as a hobby? It. I also don't understand what make. I guess I can understand what makes you good at making canals, but roads. Like, what specifically during this period of time makes you good at making roads? I bet he was six foot two, making him the exact the exact length of a passing line tick. <laughs> he just would lay down. He would like and they cover were, his body yeah. in paint and just like lay down. <laughs> and they were take like, "You're perfect. <laughs> Cars can now pass." Oh well. Buggies can now pass other buggies. Chicken or the egg, though, was yeah. he the reason that there's oh, six foot maybe. two inches? Or is it because, like, I never thought yeah. about it like that. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so he's building roads. He's building canals. From 1864 to 1866, he attended business school in Ogden. Ogden? Who's to say? Who's to say? And he subsequently taught school in Logan. So he's now a school teacher. Active in church work and community affairs, Card superintended the building of two important structures, the Logan Tabernacle and the Logan Temple. From 1884 to 1890, he served as president of the Cache Valley Stake. Okay, people, the, people like this guy. 
Oh yeah, he he's must very be charming as hell. Yeah, I bet he's good looking. Yeah, and I didn't realize what stakes were, which were I guess are their version of like a diocese in oh. the Mormon Church. You oh. have stakes, okay, which also makes it weirdly about like property. Yeah, and like yeah, what you what is yours? I'm not going to pretend to understand Mormonism or no. Mormons and no. what they do. During the 1880s, the American government started passing harsh laws against polygamy, which had been introduced by the Mormons in 1852, along with a number of other theological and social innovations. Wow, swinging parties. (laughs) It's like, it's a social innovation. We're just, you know, really edgy. And want multiple wives. Everybody, it's like not everybody put your like keys in the bowl. It's like grab a horseshoe, toss it in the bowl. And from my understanding, polygamy is justified within the Mormon church as it's a way to take care of women. Like you don't want single women or widowers or just like women who otherwise would not have been able to take care of themselves. So you said just polygamy, which is such a roundabout solution to getting to supporting women. Yeah. It's like, why not just give them rights? Yeah. Without a husband. (laughs) Why not just to support them um, instead of just having sex with lots of them? Yeah, because the other thing is like, it's inevitable that I will have sex with another woman, so you yeah. might as well just let me marry her. Yeah. Which sounds oh. like the real reason. Yeah, that's, I hate that. That's <laughs> gross. <laughs> the new laws imposed heavy fines on polygamists, declared the children of such unions illegitimate. So oh, see, that's sad. That's I not know. fair. It's not their fault. Not their fault. And it sent 1,300 Mormons to jail. And then dissolved the church as a corporate entity. So now it's not a business. Okay. <laughs> it's You're not a corporate entity. You're just a cult. Yeah. <laughs> you're just not legitimate anymore. Yeah. So Card is arrested in 1886. I believe on, for the polygamy laws. It doesn't say why. But I would have to imagine that is why. Why you else? Guess. Yeah. <laughs> he escaped custody and went to see church president John Taylor, who had been born in Britain and then lived in Ontario until his conversion to Mormonism. He escaped custody and then just like went off to see somebody? He's on the lam. Okay. He's running away. Okay. And Taylor, who, so at this point, Card is like, on the lam, I've got to flee to Mexico. I've got to get out of here. <laughs> okay. And Taylor's like, no, go to Canada. And you will find, quote, British justice. Wow. So in the fall, Card and two companions scouted British Columbia and the southern part of Alberta, eventually choosing southern Alberta as their new home. Of course. Closest to the states as you can be. Because at this point, he has three wives. So he was married to Sarah Jane Burden. So that was his first wife. They married okay. in Utah in 1867. Um, they did divorce, however. Um, so she testified against Card on charges of unlawful cohabitation. Okay. So what I does guess. What that mean? I would assume polygamy, but she, I guess so she's not Mormon, I guess. But you can't marry another Mormon. So I guess she's just like was cool with it and then he started being a polygamist and then she was like haha not cool not cool i'm gonna divorce you and take you to court yep so card married a second wife uh who was also named sarah jane oh god (laughs) but she's sarah jane painter okay um and that was in 1876 (laughs) and then 
so he has children with these two wives and while visiting his children who are attending Brigham Young Academy of course of course um he met the school's matron who was Brigham Young's widowed daughter so Brigham okay. Young the guy in Mormonism other than like Joseph Smith okay. um his widowed daughter Zena Williams and the two were married in Logan Utah okay so by the time the laws come down making polygamy a lot more restrictive i guess or actually illegal um he has two wives two solid wives two solid wives (laughs) (laughs) one for each hand (laughs) and because of the polygamy he's kind of driven to poverty because he is constantly evading the law right and so when he's caught and eventually escapes he's like gotta go somewhere decides to go to Canada. Um, and it's decided that he will only take one of his wives with him. Why? Because I, it is illegal. So I guess okay. if he's going to be traveling, he doesn't want to have two wives with him. I guess it's probably not a more good collateral. <laughs> and so he leaves with Zena. Okay, new wife. New wife. Wife yeah. number three is the one that's going to go with him. Okay. His other wife settles in Idaho. Just alone. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> And then it also, she's like she's like Idaho, but like simultaneously he's dividing his time with that third family who he's divorced from. So like he's got like a lot of people out there yeah. that he is supporting. Supporting? I don't know has what I just des- I would describe this as supporting. He has, he has love for them. <laughs> he has three families that he's complicating the lives of yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so he chooses Alberta with his buddy. Okay, we're going Alberta. And he chooses it because the region had good land, it had water for irrigation, and had accessible timber and coal. Um, It was near the Blood Indian Reserve, which I uh, would doubt that's what it's called today, where they hoped to do missionary work among the indigenous peoples. Because that always goes so well. Yes, of course. (laughs) In this period of time. I'm sure they're just like, Oh, another one. (laughs) (laughs) How's this one going to be different? Yeah. (laughs) So he returns to Utah, barely escaping arrest again to report back that he's like found this amazing place where the Mormons can go. Okay. At first, Canada was viewed by the Mormons as a temporary refuge for from persecution. So they're like, hey, you know, if you got if if the government wants you go to Alberta. Right. It'll be fine. It's the Wild West. Yeah. Um. When Card considered the impending move, he was struck by its irony. Writing on New Year's Day in 1887, he remarked, quote, It seems strange to think of my grandsires fought to establish religious liberty and that great struggle stained our fair land with a deluge of blood, and now it seems their grandchildren should be obliged to gather into the domains of that government that is ruled by the queen. So he's essentially saying the American Revolution was for nothing because right. now I don't have religious freedom. Yeah. Which isn't exactly what they're that's persecuting. Not, that's <laughs> not true. This guy. It's like, you can be a Mormon. You just can't marry multiple women. Yeah. Please. He, his confidence, though, in his correctness. <laughs> yeah. In the spring, he left with a small group for Canada. And on the 26th of April, which was yesterday, the day of our live show. Whoa. (laughs) Everything's coming together. (laughs) uh, Chose the present site of Cardston for their settlement. 
He organized the Cardston Ward and the Cache Valley Stake in 1888. By 1891, with new arrivals from Utah, there were 359 Mormons in Cardston and the surrounding area. As much as possible, the traditional Mormon pattern of settlement in villages and working the surrounding fields was maintained, although Canadian land regulations were inimical to such arrangements and caused some families to establish themselves on remote homesteads. Okay. Because as we previously discussed, that's what the Canadian government wants, is they want like family homesteads. Right. And it's all about this unit that then tills the land around it, not these like little clusters and villages. Right, okay. We need more output. Yeah. It's about the grain. It's about the grain. (laughs) Get that bread. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. When they first arrived, Card and the early Mormon settlers met opposition from the press and many politicians. Public views had been shaped by the prolonged conflict between the American government and the church. So there's already this precedent that, like, Mormons are bad news. Right. The Calgary Herald called the Mormons, quote, the most infamous conspiracy of modern times against morals and loyalty. Okay. Okay, the Calgary Herald. <laughs> and they, who, is, who is writing for that? I, I want that. That is fire. <laughs> I want the salacious details. Yeah, Please. sick burn, Calgary Herald. <laughs> <laughs> and they urged that an end be put to, quote, the Mormon scheme of overrunning and taking possession of Southern Alberta. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> and I mean, Confederation is only 20 years old, and they're still trying to prevent, I think, American influx into the yeah. country. Like, they don't want the border to be questioned. So if you're especially settling right along the southern border right. in the newest provinces, yeah. they're probably a little worried. Yeah, they're like, this is not America. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite of that Childish Gambino song. Yeah. But Canadian government officials and local boosters were glad to have farmers who were skilled in irrigation techniques take up land in an area known for its dryness, which is the opposite of what Card said it was. He was like, there's great water for irrigation. Yeah, but there's not. Evidently not. He's stupid. (laughs) This guy. It's like, I don't know why they're settling there, but that's great. To be honest, <laughs> the inspector of surveys for the Department of the Interior wrote in spring of 1888, quote, I have never seen any new settlement where so much has been accomplished in the same length of time. Okay. So Cardston's like, it's bumping. It's bumping. People are really impressed. We're doing things. Yeah. <laughs> We're living it. The government did oppose polygamy, however, and that was made clear to them. Polygamy. Polygamy. Oh, I thought you said polygamy. I was like, oh no, what's Maybe polygamy? Polygamy. Okay. <laughs> polygamy sounds like a strange yeah. disease of, it does. of the throat, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. For or like sure. or like extremities, maybe. Yeah. I was thinking more like ENT, like like yeah, like throat, nose. All of it. Yeah. It's like, I've come down Mucus. with the worst case of polygamy. Yeah. You have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> When Card and other Mormon leaders traveled to Ottawa in 1888 to seek help for settlers and ask permission to bring their existing plural families to Canada. Plural families. What a way to... (laughs) It quickly moved to outlaw polygamy. Yeah. (laughs) They were like, uh, no. Yeah, no. Please don't. We're not going to be that place. The Mormons were welcome, but plural wives could not be tolerated. Okay. And the issue was largely died down after 1890 when the church officially abandoned polygamy 
Okay. So Mormonism was like, okay, fine. Okay. But then a lot of them keep doing it. Right. Yeah. Because even now, like, and maybe you'll say this, but like polygamy isn't illegal or is it just like decriminalized? You can't be legally married, married to multiple people. If you want to be like in a relationship with multiple people, I don't think that there's anything. Anything that can be done. Maybe in some whack states in the sure. U.S. Sure. But, but that's I don't... probably where they're cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> like I just don't think you can legally be wed to multiple people. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. At the, at the same time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Card continually reassured skeptical police and other officials that the Mormons were not practicing polygamy in Canada. Okay. He's like, I swear, don't look, but I promise. <laughs> but I promise. <laughs> don't come visit for dinner. No, no. no. We're out of food. <laughs> we have Again. No food. You can't Not because food. I'm feeding yeah. multiple wives, <laughs> but we're just out of food we again. We have no food. <laughs> Poor guy. His personal contacts with prominent civil servants, businessmen, and politicians who wanted to encourage settlement in Western Canada helped to ease acceptance to the new newcomers. William Pierce, the senior officer of the Department of, in of the Interior in the West, saw irrigation as essential to the opening of the semi-arid region and defended the Mormons as ideal immigrants because of their experience. Okay. So this dude is just obsessed with irrigation. Yeah. He's like, I will turn a blind eye to literally everything because else as long as you continue to irrigate. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to irrigate the land. You rock. Listen, when you're looking for irrigation, you're going to ruffle some feathers. <laughs> But I am willing to put that down. Yeah. I am willing to lay everything on the line. <laughs> For some good irrigated soil. For that irrigation, that sweet, sweet, sweet irrigation. irrigation. <laughs> in August of 1890, church leaders asked Card to remain indefinitely in Canada as head of what they called the Canadian Mission. Okay. So now he's staying. The settlements were now looked on by the Mormons as permanent communities rather than temporary havens. Card was released from his religious duties in the Cache Valley to take over responsibility of southern Alberta. Um, and now this creates the Alberta stake, and he was made president of it in 1895. Okay, and he, is he being paid? He must be. Yeah, I would assume. I would assume that you get some money for being president of the stake. Right? But Just I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't know if it's like a tax of the locals or if it's like... The Mormon yeah. church sends you some cash every month. Yeah. Card's role in the settlement was partially that of a spiritual advisor, but he was also the head of colonizing ventures uh, concerned with financial, commercial, and agricultural matters. So, right. you know, they're not a corporate entity, but, you know, they're still a business. Yeah. His Sunday sermons gave advice in all of these areas. Beginning in 1891, the Cardston Company Limited, a joint stock enterprise organized by Card and some close associates, mobilized capital for community projects, including a flour mill, cheese factory, steam threshing outfit, and a sawmill. Wow. He's busy. He's a just busy lad. All the fun. Yeah. It's just Catan. It is. They've got this little hexagonal stake. He's living Catan. Yeah. He lives in one of the wheat ones. Yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Some of the capital came from Card's wife, Zena, okay. uh, a former college teacher and an advocate of women's suffrage. She was the wife that had come with him to Canada. An advocate of women's suffrage, eh? Oh, yeah. Wow. Women got a vote, but, but also just like 
be chill with other women burying yeah. their husband. That's the thing. That's my problem with polygamy. Yeah. It's like, okay, whatever. I get polyamory if you want to be woke about polygamy. But it, like, they always go one way. Yeah. Women can't marry multiple men. No. It's just one man and many wives. Yeah. It's a harem. It's a harem. <laughs> yeah. In addition to these concerns, Card was involved in developing the first irrigation project in Carston, 1893. My, my God, this man. One track mind. <laughs> So now we have a second wave of Mormons. Okay. We're in the second wave. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Like second wave of like they've given birth to babies and now they're growing up or like new fresh blood coming in. They're coming in. Love it. There's an influx. Love to see it. Yeah. And this was part of a much larger irrigation scheme. Of course. (laughs) Scheme. Scheme. Okay. (laughs) The undertaking emerged as an agreement between the church and the Galt coal mining interests in Lethbridge, which owned sizable tracts of land south of the town. The Galt interests formed a close partnership with Card, who visualized major colonization opportunities for land-hungry Mormon farmers in the United States. Okay. In 1898, with Card serving as an important go-between, the Albertan Irrigation Company signed a contract with the church to build an irrigation system that would bring water from the St. Mary River at a point near the American border and carry it through the dry lands east of the river to the vicinity of Lethbridge. Okay. I'm following. Yeah. You can basically thank the Mormons for people in Alberta having water. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, guys. We don't we don't thank the Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> we should really we should have a day. <laughs> Mormon day. <laughs> Subcontractors, laborers, and teamsters were Mormon farmers, many of whom intended to settle in southern Alberta. Consequently, many took part of their payment in land. So it's like, you come, you work on the project, you get a plot of land. Okay. Card was made responsible by the church for carrying out its part of the agreement, and he made frequent trips to Utah to discuss prospective settlers to come to southern Alberta, and which to, I guess is just chill now. Like, no say, one's looking for him. And, like, to check out, like, new wives. And check out to new like, wives. Hey. Got any new models on the lot? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go next week, so I need to look at them today. Today, today. I needed to look at them yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> On Card's suggestion, when the pace of construction lagged, the church began calling missionary settlers to go to Canada as colonizers in fulfillment of their religious duties. By 1900, the 115 miles of canal were completed, and the project was officially opened by the Governor General Lord Minto. It's a lot of miles. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long That's canal. That's pretty impressive. It is impressive. Yeah. I'll give them that. Yeah. We're always talking about railways, but we're never talking about the canal. Should be. It's because we're not from those prairie provinces. <laughs> Card was a capable and practical leader who knew how to delegate work and authority. He was able to bring the resources of Mormons and non-Mormons together for mutual benefit. In the absence of public lodging during the first years of settlement, the Card's home, a four-room log building, was used to entertain prominent visitors to the the community, including members of parliament and railway and other business officials. It's like, come stay at our home! It's fancy. They probably have lots of bedrooms. (laughs) Lots of beds. (laughs) In addition to his activities on behalf of the church and the community, Card acted as a land agent for the Dominion government and sold lands for the Alberta Railway and Coal Companies and the Alberta Irrigation Company. Reflecting his growing, though modest, wealth was the substantial... 
Reflecting his growing, though modest, wealth was uh, a substantial two-story brick home in Cardston that he and Zena built in 1900. Okay. So we've upgraded from log to brick. Good for them. <laughs> a new uh, hexagon yeah. pile on the Catan port. Yeah, they now have brick. <laughs> During the late 1890s and the early 1900s, the continuing influx from the United States and the natural increase of the population prompted Mormons, under the religious and economic leadership of Card, to move outward from Cardston. So now they're not just in Cardston. They're, they're going to other places in Alberta, radiating outwards. Radiating outwards. <laughs> Several new towns were founded, including McGrath, Sterling, and Raymond, Mormon settlements were still flooding in when in 1902, Card, because of poor health, was released by the church from his administrative duties. He returned to Logan, Utah, where he died in 1906, which seems like a weird move. Yeah. it's. I mean, I guess life there is probably a little easier. Maybe. Maybe. It's warm anyways. But like you've just built a whole town and you've named it after yourself and you've been living there for like 30 years. And, and you're like, you're okay, I'm going to go by. Go not even back to Utah. Like what do you have in Utah now? I don't know because his other wife is in Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> by 1911, Mormons in southern Alberta had established 18 communities. 10,000 members of the church, mostly farmers and their families, lived in the region. Mind you, we started with 359. That was yeah. the first wave. <laughs> Within 30 years, we have 10,000. Yeah, that's a lot. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Under the guidance of CARD, irrigation, a village settlement <laughs> pattern, cooperative economic enterprise, and a web of cultural and social and religious activities, all elements of a unique way of life, were transferred and adapted from the American Great Basin. A distinctive Mormon community in southern Alberta is the legacy of Charles Ora Card and the early immigrants. Wow. And that's how the Mormons came to Canada. And that's how they came, and there's some still here. There's some still here. All of whom my mother likes. <laughs> <laughs> She's never met a Mormon she didn't like. <sighs> Apparently, he is the great great or sorry apparently he is the great grandfather of author orson scott card who is the author of ender's game okay which i've heard of that that book i've heard of that book have not read it the lds church website today says that there are eighty two thousand members of the church living in alberta wow that's pretty substantial that's a lot i i think of mormons as being a pretty big like religious minority out here but i guess they're it's not quite so much. Parrots, yeah. Yeah. And I think that most Mormons here anyways, like, come from out west. That's my understanding of think, it anyways. Yeah. Because I, I worked with a Mormon who, oh. who was very hesitant. <laughs> she was always, like, she always got Sunday off as, like, a she always got the weekend off. Or no. Yeah, she always, she definitely always got Sunday off anyways. And I was, they're always like, oh, yeah, it's because she's really religious. And I was like, oh, okay, like, whatever. Okay. Where I'm from, basically, everyone's Catholic. So I was just like, okay, cool. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, she's a Mormon. She's a Mormon. Interesting. And she was the opposite of a stereotypical Mormon family. Though. Yeah. She only had one kid and, like, oh. just one, one husband. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and she was the only wife. She was the only wife, from my okay. understanding. Okay. Yes. She cool. was very nice. We did crosswords together a lot. Oh, that's nice. Well, <laughs> just working see, the desk, doing crosswords, have, not doing work. Have you met a Mormon you don't like? 
I'm sure I have. <laughs> <laughs> I've met one Mormon I did like. Okay. At That's the very a better least. way. That's what my mom should say. I've met seven Mormons I like. <laughs> yeah. I also see, like saw somewhere else that he had another another wife. Another another wife. Who had the last name uh, Rigby. Oh, Eleanor? No, okay. Lavinia. <laughs> Whoa. She was a Scandinavian country. Lavinia. A Slavic country. Lavinia. Lavinia. Wow. <laughs> and like she was with him in the end. Uh, I don't know if Zena so was with him. That's why he went to Utah. I guess so. Yeah. Like it, the, the wives, they come and they go and yeah. they're hard to keep track of. Yeah. And they all got wild names. Well, it's interesting that like, because when I think of polygamist situation, I think of them all like living together. But he never really lived with like multiple wives. It doesn't seem like that. It doesn't sound like it. Because it's always, he's always, especially when he's like traveling back and forth between Auburn and Utah, like it's outlawed in both places. Right. So he's got to be covert. Yeah. He's either going by himself or just taking one as to not like yeah. alarm yeah. anyone. Yeah. Definitely okay. picking favorites. Yeah, for sure. Like Xena is the she's the crumb she's the, the coolest one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a direct relation to Brigham Young. Absolutely, Absolutely. that's the one I'm taking yep, with me. That's my girl. <laughs> I think that it was it's John A. McDonald who is like absolutely no polygamy. So that like from what we know, from what I know about John A., I feel like that sounds pretty accurate he'd just be like he'd be like drinking scotch and he'd be like yeah like this is okay this is okay polygamy absolutely not <laughs> no <laughs> well because that point he's doing the railway thing yeah and when they have the whole westward focus there is this huge crackdown on polygamy yeah. because they're like yeah for western civilization to take root yeah you need to have this nuclear family yeah that has to be the center of all laws of right. all like moral compasses everything you do you do for the family and that's a big way that they infuse state values into your everyday life because you're going to care about your wife and yeah. your kids you don't really care about the government no but we're gonna we're gonna define the box in which yeah. you get to care about your Ooh. family yeah. um and so it's it's a, a very incognito way of and and now it's it is one of those things that's like so just accepted as like innate and normal and it's always been like that but it really hasn't like the way that we define marriage is probably really set in stone and like solidified in like the late 1800s yeah before that marriage is very different and not necessarily polygamist but like even in christian you know relationships it would be a very different like division of work and yeah what a marriage means would be very different yeah. and yeah and it still exists today it's yeah. making everyone depressed all the Sad. time <laughs> but it is one of those things of like for women especially it's really f- it, it would be similar previous to this but it's almost like institutionalized during this period of time that if you don't have a husband you're screwed yeah and like you're not worth anything. Yeah. And so if you're we, not if you're not married and popping out babies, you are useless to society. Yeah. yeah. And so we don't like institutionalize that necessarily anymore. Right. But it's still very prominent in yeah. like social conduct being and a single being a single twenty seven year old. Yeah. You'd be a total spinster. I am. <laughs> no, I'm not. 
not. And it's also interesting, the connection between spinster, like the word spinster, because it's about women's work, like women who are spinning yarn. Oh. Like you're not having babies. You're, you're out there spinning yarn. Just so you're busy such a spinning my yarn. <laughs> yeah. It's huh. wild. Wild. Crazy. History's crazy, man. You know what else is wild? What? That we have another live show on We May sure 12. do. A good robot. I'm so in excited. The, in the... I always forget what it's called. The squirrel's nest? I think it's the mouse trap. The mouse trap. That is right. Because we did call it the rat's nest. I don't it's think not on that. the podcast. It's but not we were that. like, the rat's nest, of course. They're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. The mouse trap. It's the mouse trap. And that's where we'll be performing on Tuesday, May 12th at 7 p.m. Um, and we are so excited and hope to see you there. They have great beer. Such good beer. Great seltzers. Yeah. Also non-alcoholic beverages for Lots those of, people yeah. who are interested. They actually make their own like uh, sparkling water now, basically. Oh, that's right. Which yeah, is very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's really yeah. good, too. Yeah, it's I haven't really had tasty. it yet, but it, it looks pretty cool. You don't need a soda yeah. stream anymore. Not <laughs> with Good Robot. Yeah, <laughs> don't bring your soda stream. Just come over to Good Robot. When the AI inevitably take over, yeah. I know where I'm going. Yeah. Good Robot. Absolutely. Because they're good robots. Oh, they won't kill us smart so clever <laughs> it's not not if we there? not if we have a successful live show there so come out support True. us <laughs> so that will be all good in the future and again big thank you to uh, all of you who came out to our show at Hofyard. yeah yeah but even if you can't make it to our live shows make sure you subscribe to the podcast rate and review it because we're here every wednesday providing you with free hopefully enjoyable and funny content <laughs> definitely enjoyable and funny content and just a reminder if you want to follow along with the minute women you can check out our website www.minutewomenpodcast.ca that has links to all of our episodes all of the sources grace uses for each episode uh information about us a link to our merch store um and some really cool artwork that we had done earlier this year yeah and you can you know Tell, tell your local your local purveyor of beverages that you want a live show at your bar. Yeah. And maybe we'll be there. Yeah. If it's convenient for us. Absolutely. <laughs> We're not dying to be asked. We'll expand the minute tour to yeah. other locations. Other location. It's a rolling, it's a rolling date. Thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> it just, never ends. It's like, it's like we, it's like, what is it? Like in Vegas when you have a like, what's it called? When you like perform in vegas for a while what is it called oh um you know there's a word i know what you mean we have that in halifax (laughs) anywhere (laughs) oh it's i want to say internship but it's it's not an internship (laughs) lady gaga residency yeah they put up residency lady gaga has an internship in vegas right now (laughs) they're not paying her she's a temp (laughs) she gets coffee that's all she does and then she like sometimes gets to go up and perform she sings um Yeah, so uh, we hope to see you at our live shows. Yeah, okay, bye. Bye.